G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We are always heartened by good stories that emerge from the Middle East, especially the war-torn nation of Syria, where it's been described by so many as the worst humanitarian disaster on earth. And there are some encouraging headlines that are emerging, like the idea that while the city of Aleppo lies in ruins, Some children are heading back to school and where we hear headlines like the United Nations estimate that 40,000 displaced Syrians have moved back to that city. But things are still tough. There's no final resolutions. More than half of all the schools in Aleppo were destroyed and Christians are still primarily at risk. Tim Reid from Open Doors joining us for an update on some of the challenges of Christians in Syria. Hello, Tim. Welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. Thanks for having me. Tim, share with us how Christians have been faring with a little bit of good news on the horizon. Well, for the situation in Aleppo specifically, it's been a very hard slog, as you've really outlaid it. Uh, There's been daily food shortages. There's been water being cut off for all but three hours during the day at the worst points. And people have been in their homes, which have just unfortunately been bombed and they've been trapped under the rubble. And this has been the daily reality for many in Aleppo up until recently. Now that there's good news on the horizon, it's fantastic. And we're we're always, I suppose, positive about situations like this for Christians in the country because a lot of Christians who remained in Aleppo did so out of choice. Those who could flee did in this situation. And so those who remained did so because they wanted to. And those Christians who have remained stayed to serve their community around them, really shine and be a light of Christ in such darkness. And with people returning to Aleppo, the hope is now that as the situation continues to stabilise, Christians will be even more active and able to work in their communities with more openness. Of course, uh, Syria uh, not at receiving as much attention as it has been in the international headlines. Is that a concern when it comes to the sort of work that Open Doors does? Uh, you rely in some sense on, on the profile being there so that uh, you can continue to maintain support uh, from very generous supporters who are uh, supporting the work of Open Doors. Absolutely, and uh, we're very grateful to our supporters who, as you say, are very generous and uh, there's not a day that goes past that we don't pray for our supporters. But with it escaping headlines, yes, there has been a downturn in terms of giving towards things like Syria. Uh, There's a huge need still. Just because it disappears from headlines and the fighting is over doesn't mean that people aren't now going back in, finding everything they've owned completely destroyed and having to rebuild. So there's an enormous need in Aleppo, there's an enormous need in the rest of Syria, as well as Iraq. So we're seeing a huge need, and giving is unfortunately down currently. Let's talk about some of the things that are connected to uh, the way that people do, as you've been reflecting, generously give uh, for open doors. 
that oftentimes filters through into those churches that are sometimes surviving, but not always just surviving, because there are stories that have emerged of, of churches actually thriving even throughout some of the worst parts of the war. Absolutely. It's, it's a really exciting time to be in my job, Neil. Uh, to be on my side of the desk today, I, I have access to stories which are coming out, and there's one in particular of a pastor who, he was in Aleppo. His name is Pastor Boutrous, and he had a church there, which it was a sort of a medium-sized church in Syria, and he said that over the course of the war, the church never shrank. So while all but 10% of the Christians in the country fled, his church never shrank because Muslims and people from other faiths were coming in the doors in such great numbers that his church stayed the same size and, in fact, started to grow. So many, many new believers who didn't have an opportunity to hear the gospel before, but because they came to the church for help, had an opportunity to get true help and find salvation. Tim, let me just dwell on this for a moment and get your further reflection because it always impresses me that when some level of relief, supplies or aid, whatever you put on that as a tag, finds its way through open doors into the hands of local churches, there is a sense in which it's not just helping those Christian believers to survive day to day and sometimes that's a challenge. Uh, but it also uh, creates the opportunity for a church to outreach. Just reflect on that for uh, for a moment, because hearing a story like that, uh, Pastor Boutros, as you're talking about, uh, that's an amazing testimony of uh, people who've been giving to Open Doors, seeing real fruit uh, from the gifts that they've given. Absolutely. So the way that Open Doors actually works is through local churches. When people give to open doors. We don't go into a country and uh, set up tents with our name on it or things like that. Quite often in places like Syria, we've had an existing relationship with churches and different networks there in excess of 20 years. And we know the churches who we can rely upon and work with on the ground. And so we go to those local partners, those local churches, and we say to that church, what do you need to remain here in this very difficult time, particularly when we're talking about war-torn countries, what do you need to remain here during this time to remain as a good Christian witness? And if they say to us, we need Bibles because we can't get Bibles, we'll supply them with Bibles. But if they say to us something along the lines of, well, we have an insane displaced population problem and we need to get these people food and shelter, then we'll provide food and shelter for that local church to distribute. So it becomes the local church who are the ones providing care and the local church then who is welcoming people in. And Tim, as you say, sitting on your side of the desk, having access to some of the amazing and often miraculous stories that are coming out of Syria, uh, what other ones come to the fore when you think of uh, stories that have come across your desk of recent times? Uh, One story in particular really comes very strongly to front of mind. Uh, we've heard a lot while this war has gone on, uh, particularly with Islamic State, and they have been quite active in Syria, uh, how they've targeted uh, Christian women, uh, as well as Yazidi women. But um, in particular, one Christian woman's story really comes to mind. Uh, she was in a house uh, with a few other women, and she was sheltering them during the war. 
and a group of terrorists tried to break into the house. She was able to hold the door shut, which is absolutely incredible in and of itself. And the terrorists moved on to another place and terrorized some other people. A few days later, she was called to the uh, lead terrorists or, or the guy who was in charge of that particular area, his home. She went into the home and he said to her as she stood there, why are you standing before me and not shaking? When men come here and stand before me, they know what I can do to them. Do you know what I can do to you? Who is it that's backing you that you would not shake? And she said, I can tell you who is backing me, but you may not want me to. And he said, thinking that she was referring to a foreign government, you must tell me who is backing you, who is behind you. And for the next 25 minutes, she shared the gospel. And she was able to say, Jesus is the one who provides me with strength. God lives within me, and my Father in heaven protects me. So she shared the gospel for 25 minutes. And she says that this man then broke down and cried in front of her. Now, she got out of that situation, which is incredible, because they could have taken her, but they didn't. And she came back. That terrorist leader who was in that area, he disappeared after that, and we don't know what happened to him. But it's absolutely incredible that she got to share the gospel in that context. What an amazing story. Uh, the needs remain. You mentioned the idea of relief uh, for shelter, for food, for water. Uh, there's other bigger issues at play too, aren't there, Tim? The idea of rebuilding churches, uh, supporting families, getting children back to school. Uh, when we think of uh, the way that people support Open Doors and have generously done so in the past, uh, you've got a, an emergency relief program going on at the moment, uh, your Syria appeal. Uh, how do you hope people will respond, and perhaps even people who've never given a, a donation to Open Doors before? Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the needs, uh, both big and small? To meet these needs is a huge task, ultimately, but it's a task that we as the Australian Church can certainly meet. Uh, it, it's not outside of the realms of what's possible. So currently, we're hoping to raise $100,000 in February. We acknowledge that at the moment, it's quite difficult because it has left headlines and it's not the forefront of people's minds, which is fair enough because there is a lot going on in the world. But we do have faith that God's going to provide during this time. Just so people have an idea where money goes, the money that you give to Open Doors will go through local churches to provide support. Currently, there are 12,000 families who are relying on Open Doors for monthly food and shelter in Syria, and it's as little as $50 that will provide for a single family, and a family could up, be up to about four people. Uh, so it's, it's very manageable that we can support these people, and we're trying to fund that currently. Well, it's no secret that I'm one of the biggest fans of Open Doors and having travelled with Open Doors to Lebanon and been to the border there, the Lebanon-Syria border, and seen some of the work that Open Doors supports, uh, working with refugees in refugee camps and understanding some of the ways that it makes a huge difference when dollars are transferred into the hands of local churches that are within Syria. Uh, it just is an amazing work, and I think if you're still considering emergency relief, that is still what you call it, isn't it, Tim? Is it still emergency relief, or is this recovery relief? Well, it's 
moving into recovery relief, but at the moment we're calling it emergency relief. Okay, it is emergency relief. You mentioned a figure trying to raise another $100,000 during February. I'll point people to the Open Doors website. Uh, There may be someone who is moved by the stories you're telling. opendoors.org.au There is a Syria relief appeal on at the moment. Uh, Things are looking good insofar as some glimmers of light that are happening on the horizon in Syria. Uh, But there are still some dreadful tragedies and some big things that need our attention. So opendoors.org.au. Tim Reid from Open Doors. Always good getting your updates and your insights. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.